Hello everyone and welcome to the GMS Magazine Podcast. This is a podcast all about board games and role-playing games. And this is the board room, uh, not board, board. Uh, no, as in, uh, never mind, you know what I mean. Uh, and the, the show in which actually I get to talk with uh, my... I'm Paco Garcia, by the way. And, and I get to talk with my, my host, um, who is... Chris. DS of DS Ex Machina. There you go. And, uh, well, this is a podcast about what well, it said, what it's a podcast about. And um, this is episode 439, I think, or something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but I will let you know uh, in the show notes. And if at some point you want to participate in the podcast or you want to sponsor the, this podcast, by all means, do get in touch. Uh, email me, podcast at GMS Magazine, or get uh, in touch via Twitter, where we spend way too much time. I at, at GMS Magazine. This is where you plug your Twitter. Oh, okay. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> and I am at DSX Machina on Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, the whole kit and caboodle dog and pony show. Yeah, and we have not rehearsed this, as you can tell, because um, this is the first time we record this year. Is it? I don't know. Is it? I can't remember. No, I think it's the second. I think it's the second. Yeah. Yeah. We okay. had another right. conversation. I think so, but it doesn't matter because today, friends, we are going to talk about the very much heated debate that nobody asked us to discuss, which is our games art which is going to be quite a topic, but we only have, uh, just so you know, uh, another 41 minutes ahead of us, uh, because I have to have dinner soon. So I am going to say games can indeed be an art form. And if people don't believe that, they've never made a game. Okay. Uh, I guess before I address that question, it kind of depends on what because I've noticed in my in my uh, journeys on this topic that some people have different ideas on what um, what is art. Okay. Like, that's the question I like. What do you what do you like? What do you consider to be art? I am going to be slightly controversial here, and I don't fully believe what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say nevertheless, because that, I suppose, well, uh, I suppose this is what everybody considers, and is anything that's intended to be art is art. Okay. So that is a very tricky one for me, because, for instance, there are pieces of art that I don't consider to be art, like uh, the... Um, uh, Cac d'artiste or the piece d'artiste that happened recently in Kickstarter. Or to be perfectly honest, and please people don't hate me too much for saying this, pretty much any Miro painting, I, I just don't. Sorry, don't. And a lot of Picassos are just like, what? And I've seen them face to face, yes. I've, I've visited the Picasso Museum in more than one city. And I just don't get it. Uh, but I'm not going to say they are not art, because who am I to say that they are not art? It's just that I don't value it as highly as I would value a Goya or Velasquez or a Todd Lockwood piece. What can I say? So for me, that was always a difficult thing, because I've actually, uh, I've, I've, I have 
dated artists, I have employed artists, and there's this kind of this distinction of what is art, and most people have this idea that art is this visual format, right? Some, uh, if you go to Wikipedia, it's, it's specific definition, art is the process of deliberately arranging elements in a way that appeals to us to the senses or emotions, which is a nice broad. And uh, oddly enough, if you ask uh, a very controversial figure, Shia LaBeouf, he would say that uh, anything that moves you can be considered art. And this is backed up by, um, uh, well, I can't remember, I think Clive Barker, um, that who basically said, if it moves you, even if it moves your bowels, it's worthy of some serious study and can be considered, considered art. This came out of a very controversial moment uh, about a related topic, our video games, okay. art. Yes. Right. And I always, of course, think if video games can be considered art, then all games can be considered art. Board games can be considered art. The diff the trick is, is that once again, going back to that definition of what is art. Now, if you ask this, is, and this is where the controversy came from. This happened quite a few years ago because there was this whole thing about cinema. Cinema is art. I go, is it? Tree of Life is art, but is the Chicken Dance not art? If we think Prince's uh, When Doves Cry is art. Or maybe that horrible film about the the, 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 the soccer, United Passions, that's just a, a giant propaganda piece for um, for FIFA. That's It's a film, but is it art? And that's and if you ask someone like Roger Ebert, the late Roger Ebert, who decided uh, many, many years ago to voice himself in, in this controversy about video games as art, because there were talks about games like Flower, uh, This War of Mine, uh, whether or not these games had artistic merit. And he said no. And he said, and this is a quote, one obvious difference between art and games is that you can win a game. It has rules, points, objectives, and an outcome. And when it comes to art, those are things you cannot win. You can only experience them. So his definition of art had to be something, and this is something where I kind of understood what he was saying. And his definition was that artwork has to be artwork. It cannot be something else, which means the moment, no, no, the, the moment it becomes something else, it becomes that thing. He, I, and I had to a point where I agree, like, a beautiful car isn't art. Some people say, well, this this Lamborghini is art. I go, no, it's not. It's a car. It's designed aesthetically pleasing, but it's not, in my opinion, art. It's a car. Now, if you take that Lamborghini, paint it in a dramatic fashion, and then hang it somewhere, it's no longer a car. It's now art. But it's, it, it's kind of like that famous thing from uh, Brewster's Millions, where he buys a, um, a extremely expensive uh, the postage stamp and then mails it and when he mails it it becomes worthless because it's now and that's and that's actually true if you if if you mail a collector p uh, a piece of art it loses all value and it's interesting that's a parable to art because the moment it becomes something like it's used to pay for postage suddenly that piece of art becomes meaningless it's a very fascinating topic now in, in, and going back to to ebert he says like to my knowledge no one in internet or our field has ever been able to cite a game worthy of comparison with the great dramatists, poets, filmmakers, novelists, and composers. That a game can aspire to artistic importance as a visual master experience, I accept. But for most gamers, video games represent a loss of those precious hours we have available to make ourselves more cultured, civilized, and empathic. Now, that was his quote, like I said, I would say about 10, at least 10 years ago, because he's been gone for some years. Okay, I disagree. Um, 
You can't, like I said, I'm just quoting, I'm, I'm, I'm making conversation here. No, I, I understand that, but I don't get why something being utilitarian suddenly stops it from being art. Yeah. So because it can, so so let, let me let me put this this way. Okay, there is some there are some garments that are works of art. There are some there is some embroidery in some shawls. There are some some kimonos. There are some armor. Some pieces of armor that are works of art. So suddenly, if I wear the shawl to keep myself warm it stops being art because it has a it becomes a, something else yeah that's ridiculous now the funny thing is is that um i am get this out i'm a huge fan of visual art specifically sci-fi art when i go to a um when i go to a uh, an art museum i i can appreciate the aesthetic brilliance if someone tells me this is great art i will believe them I have a bit of a weird eye where I don't feel moved by visual art in that way. Like I look at Picasso or looking at some of the more famous paintings and I can go, well, I appreciate the skill and talent to make this piece of art and I, I will accept it as art. Um, but although while books, movies, and sometimes music have moved me, visual art never has. Um, however, I do appreciate it on a visual level and I used to always love it And um, when I was young. I was a diehard fan of science fiction artwork, which back in the 60s and 70s were, were done by a handful of, of, of brilliant artists, Colin Hay, Jim Burns, uh, Angus McKee, uh, and, they, and some of these became comic book artists, some of them found the magazines. And they, if, you, if you ever read any science fiction novels, uh, you know, Arthur Clarke, guys, or Gazma, what the have you, in the 60s and 70s, you saw a lot of these artwork. And the one guy I loved the most was this guy here, a guy named Chris Foss, uh, who thankfully is still around. He actually has a YouTube channel. And Chris Foss uh, is famous because he's worked on Star Wars, Alien, uh, Star Trek. He's done a lot of uh, productions, but not a lot of his uh, work actually hits the main screen. Uh, the most visible example recently is that he designed the spacecraft, the hero spacecraft for Guardians of the Galaxy. And I absolutely adore his artwork, but it doesn't actually uh, move me. It doesn't hit me my emotions other than saying this is a cool piece of art. It can sometimes inspire me. I'll look at a design and go, oh, I want to put that in my game. Uh, I like the idea of, of what you said, the fact that a, a piece of art can have multiple purposes. It can be something you wear and be artistic. In the same context, sometimes I have, I, I always have issues. I wouldn't say issues, but I, I can appreciate, but I sometimes I don't fully understand the idea of performance art, art that comes and then goes and instantaneous. Um, but a good example of this was uh, the game, uh, uh, This War of Mine. Now, in the video game of This War of Mine, uh, I was talking to a friend who agreed with Ebert, saying this game wasn't particularly art. And, they, and their example is the fact that if it was a game you couldn't win, it would be considered artistic because it's, it robs you of that aspect of what makes a game a game. Is that something you can win? But if, uh, if This War of Mine, if you could not win it, because, you know, this War of Might is a game about survivors in, 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 in a war zone. You're not playing soldiers. You're playing people that are just trying to survive during a war zone, inspired by the people that were in Serbia, Kosovo, and so forth. And there's no sci-fi. There's no elements. It's simply just trying to stay alive, making a fire, and so forth. But the thing about the game, 11-Bit Studios, they couldn't help themselves. They made a good game. They made a game that you can enjoy. Sure, there are some dark moments to it, but at no point that I feel emotionally connected. 
So I was like, oh yeah, this guy robbed, this guy attacked a military base and killed a bunch of people. Whatever. I got I got all the supplies I'll need to survive for the next uh, two months. And I don't feel that emotional connection because at the end of the day, it, it, it's a game. But the board game is something very different because the board game decided to to be to increase your difficulty to such an extent as to make playing the game unpleasant and most people who have the board game of this war of mine usually get rid of it after one or two plays because it is so nihilistic it is so it is much more emotional much more raw it's much easier for your characters to, to lose their minds easier for your characters to kill themselves and not only that the game is so hard i don't know anyone who has ever won the game random acts of just complete things you have no control over can completely kill your game and you have no chance and so i've made comment that is the board game more artistic because it decided to not compromise the subject matter for the you know they made a less than good game is it is it more art or is it equally artistic as the video game is this is different. I mean, they are different mediums. Uh, so I don't see why the one could be art and the other one doesn't have to be art. But the point is, I mean, and, and there is a lot to, to unpack in what you said in there. And, and I would like to go back a little bit into um, why I think that this world of mine is a piece of art. The, the board game is a piece of art. And it's because it does elicit a reaction in you. That That is kind of the point and the fact that it does and it does in most people and it was built on purpose for that and it is the combination of a number of artistic endeavors like illustration and graphic design and uh, packaging more tenuous in there um, and the writing why wouldn't that be Art, why wouldn't a tool created to elicit an emotion be an art, a piece of art? Why not? I, I just don't understand why that would not be feasible. Yeah, like I said, and, and I, I've made comments about the fact that I, I think that, um, that potentially on an artistic merit because there was a more emotional response, albeit negative, towards the board game that maybe the board game was more artistic. However, and when I did my review for them, I did actually criticize them by going, okay, so you're trying to be more artistic by making your game nearly impossible to win, unlike the video game, much more depressing, much more nihilistic, with more story than the, than the video game. However, they also made a point to not cross certain barriers to make their game accessible. Uh, for example, uh, what, some of the more major controversies uh, regarding occupation, about what military does and the power and the predatory nature of, of men with guns on anybody, whether it be minorities, children, or women. Uh, this is not, and, and also how religion can sometimes get brought up and mixed in with military uh, conflict. Uh, and then the and the game avoids this because it's a very hot topic, and they decided to make it more a game. But the board game didn't touch on those topics as well. And I took them the task going: if you wanted to be judged on an artistic level, then why did you pull your punches? Now I considered it more maybe more artistic, 
and then I criticize them for going, well, why didn't you go all the way? If you're if you're trying to say this is the artistic, if we're trying to push the the medium, why did you then? Why did you stop? Why did you why did you pull back? That was one thing. I, that was comment I made because I said that the game, I could respect it more as a piece of art if they made the game more controversial, but they didn't make those compromises. The video game did to make their game more uh, accessible. But then we go into the subjectivity <clears throat> of what constitutes art or doesn't, exactly. you know, and, you know, and, and that, and, and that is, I think, kind of the point. I, th I think just because they had to compromise because they didn't want to make it impossible, because then it's not a, it's, it's not a game to play. Then, then it stops becoming a game just to become, I don't know what, a tool. And I think for me, that would make it even less of an art form because they didn't polish the experience. So for me, one of the things that would turn that game into an art, into a piece of art is that they have polished an experience that they want to elicit time and time again, but with the nuance from each person experiencing it. So I may be feeling something slightly different than you are, and I may be feeling something slightly more tenuously or more strongly than you. So I think that is what makes it interesting. But if it was just a matter of making you feel frustrated, then that's not art. You know, art, one of the beautiful things about art is that different people feel different things, even nothing about it. And, and that is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most important aspects of, of any kind of artistic expression, you know, whether it is uh, literature or cinema or, or anything, we, we don't know how those pieces are going to touch people in what way. And the thing is that no one should be in a position to um, judge or determine that or gatekeep, you know, that's, that's the word I guess I'm looking for. Uh, it, it really pisses me off immensely. When I hear people say, oh, no, that's just lesser art. You, know, you, you don't know what you're enjoying. You, you just, uh, you know, that's bullshit. Yeah. You know, if, if you're enjoying it, then that's it. So the, I don't care that they compromised for the sake of playability or sales or simply accessibility. Well, that thing I'll say, um, I'll, I'll agree with you on, on, on those points. However, I will, I'll, I will make a, a slight counter saying... Um, I think that you can make something unpleasant, unenjoyable, and have it and and have it be a game, and then still have it be art. Um, you don't necessarily have to think it's beautiful. You can mm. you can have a you can have a situation where an experience is revolting. There are some movies that I consider artistic that I cannot watch. There's some visual art photographs which are artistic Correct. that I, I have problems watching. And the thing about the the um, the, the the board game of this war of mine, I won't touch on that much longer, but was the fact that it's not a pleasant experience to play. They People even who reviewed it well have gone back and said, I played it, this is a great game, I'm never playing it again. Tom Vassell was very famous in his review when he said that this is the, this is the best game that I never want to play again. And that was a comment he made. And that's something that was surprising. I go, well, that is that, that, that I could definitely give them that appeal of, of, of art. And the, some games, they say, this game is artistic. I go, well, is it artistic because it looks pretty? And if something looks pretty, it doesn't automatically become art. Like when you look at a game like Sagrada, 
or Azul, which have a lot of people have been. Hello everyone, this is Future Paco here. I just wanted to let you know there's a little cutting here and I do apologize for the dog barking. Taiko was feeling particularly anxious that day and that is what you can hear in the background. And I had to stop the recording for just a couple of minutes so I could calm him down a little bit and therefore this is the break. So um, I'm truly sorry about that. I will try to do my best to make sure that this doesn't continue happening, but it's an ongoing work as my dog has some anxiety issues. Um, I hope that you'll forgive me and uh, you'll enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you. Uh, like I was saying about, um, like, uh, sometimes I wonder, like, like for example, I, I once again, going back to what I said about uh, Chris Foss, his artwork is beautiful and I consider it art, but it doesn't invoke any form of a reaction. When you look at a game like Sagrada or Azul, it's a great game to show people because it's such an aesthetically pleasing game. It's beautiful. It's, it's you know, sometimes a game, um, you know, like the way uh, when we did uh, Naramata, my board game, you know, we had player trays that look like uh, grapevines. We had this pastel watercolored art aesthetic, which covers the whole thing. And I, I, I and and the people who do the illustrations, I consider artists because they, they have this appeal and there's a bit, bit of personalization. I give that's why whenever I hire artists, I give them a lot more freedom. Some guys, they, they talk to me, it's like usually they, they, they have very specific things and I go, yeah, but. Sometimes I notice when an illustrator goes off in his own, he takes more ownership and you get a higher quality product from an artist. If you tell him, no, explore the space, tell me what you think and see what you like. Uh, I'm dealing with a new artist now who sends me stuff that's not what I'm asking for. I go, yeah, but I like your idea better. And I'm going to, I'd rather rewrite my rules to conform to your illustration than have you conform to my, to my, what's in my imagination. Uh, so that's, that's one thing I find interesting is, is the visual appeal. Like I try to make my games look good, uh, you know, are the artistic is a sagrada or azul considered art because once again there's no emotional connection it's just a game that looks pretty then i would say no uh, that, i think there's a difference between what you were mentioning about earlier regarding uh, the lamborghini <clears throat> you know a lamborghini per se is not a piece of art azul per se is not a piece of art could you make art using azul's pieces or Sagrada species, yes, you could. But in none of those examples, the games have been created to elicit an emotional response. So right. that, that as, far as, as, as far as I'm concerned, that is what separates those two games, just for mention those two games, from something like, um, you know, this war of mine because that's the re the the intention that it, that they had when when they first made the game to start with so that that's why i wouldn't consider them to be art forms could you arrange the pieces in a way that could be considered artistic yes you could you could do that you know there are, there are pieces of art that are made out of waste in a piece of plastic so why not you could but there must be some sort of some sort of intentionality behind it some sort of meaning um, without that then i would say no but the other thing go, going into what you were mentioning regarding you know the games and, and the artwork they have and so on and so forth 
the question I will have to ask is, well, maybe the whole bundle, the package, is not uh, a piece of art, but is definitely made by pieces of art. You know, the illustrations that you've used in Naramata or the illustrations that they've been used in so many thousands of games can be works of art. Now, of course, we, we need to differentiate between a work of art and a mere illustration that's not there to elicit an emotion, but it's just there to illustrate something. Yeah, so that goes back, like, during the Roger Ebert thing, uh, Penny Arcade, uh, um, the head of Penny Arcade, Jerry Holkins, who's a guy actually... <laughs> this is actually an interesting conversation, because Jerry Holkins is the guy who runs Penny Arcade. He's he's the Tycho uh, in, 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 the, in that circle. I don't know if you know what Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade, the, probably the most popular webcomic in history. They run their own conventions called PAX. They do a board game version of PAX called PAX Unplugged. It's a massive franchise. They're run by these two guys, Mike and, and, uh, and Jerry. Um, and after the controversy of Ebert popped up, he made a comment, which was integrated into the, into the comic strip that week, where if you, if you bring 100 artists together to create something, how could the result not be art? And the idea being, if, if, if a writer is considered an artist, if an illustrator is considered an artist, and they work together on a project, that project should always be considered art, regardless mm -hmm. of, if it installs in motion. I took him to task. I said, that's not exactly how that works. You could have an artist and a writer go up and do something that's completely commercial that may not be considered artistic in any way. Uh, and I told him, and I, and I kind of voiced like, I wasn't defending Ebert per se, but I was trying to explain what I was, I believe what Ebert was trying to get, get at. And I sent him that because for some weird coincidence, I had his email because I sent him a couple of D and D books a couple of years earlier. He sends me back an email. He's like, what's your phone number? <laughs> I give him my phone number. He calls me up and we have a two hour, a very fantastic two hour conversation. And I'd call my friends and they'd say, oh, by the way, I had a conversation with Jerry Holton. They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, he, just, he called me up at home. We talked about art for two hours. It was a very pleasant conversation. And uh, we had, we're not really friends, but we're acquaintances. And uh, we used to talk uh, quite often. We don't really talk that much anymore. Uh, but uh, that was a very interesting thing. Cause it was uh, that, that relationship started because of a conversation regarding art. And that comes back to what I was saying, the fact that um, there was a point in time, and this is true, if you go back in history, that there were critics that said, Films are not art. And then time passed, and now it's considered art. And then people said music isn't art. And then time passed, and music became accepted, right? There was probably a time when people looked at, at books and said books are not art. Mm -hmm. Art are statues and images, like, you know? And now we've reached this point now, after decades, we're reading this, we're reaching this new paradigm. And this new paradigm says, well, now we're going to say that video games are art and now we're getting since ebert's passing there has been more of a general acceptance and there are tons of games that are fantastic not necessarily dark or beautiful that have their own artistic merit uh you know i i can talk to death about that but now we're at a point that board games are getting now into this conversation or board games art and now there's been this push saying yes they can be because they can be held up to the same standard as video games and now we're reaching a point i go wait a okay does that mean is a role-playing game a tabletop role is the is dungeons and dragons art no see i find that fascinating 
No, so I mean, you... no, no, but there might be aspects of it that are artistic. You know, the illustrations might be, but the game itself has not been created or developed or evolved to elicit a, an emotion. It may, but that is the performance that comes around the table. So if we want to talk about art, about role-playing games being art, I think we need to go into more specific role-playing games. I, I will always say, and I think this is one that I need to talk to Sanfung Lim about because I want to turn this into a, a theatre performance of sort, um, the, the binds that tie us, or the, the, the ties that bind us, but your pardon, the ties that bind us, is probably one of my favorite role-playing games of all time. And it is a role-playing game that I play and I lasted an hour. <laughs> I really couldn't play it any longer than that. I was, was playing... That? Well, the, the game is about the players... It's a player versus players. Ah. The players are going to create a family. The characters are going to be a family of immigrants that are trying to get into the United States and they are stopped at the border. And the other player, the antagonistic player, is going to be the immigration officer. Ooh. Exactly. And the thing is that the game has been um, designed to fuck you up. And it does. It really does. Because the people who play the family, they need to create the ties that bind them. Why? What family members are they? Why are they together? What have they shared in the past? What what have they? What do they have with them? What did they bring that has meaning and is linked to one of the other family members? And the ICE officer, or the person who plays it, has specific instructions to do whatever they have to do to say whatever they need to say in order to turn the family against each other by the promise of a better life in the United States. Wow. Um, so the first thing that you do, and I play the, the, the officer, the first thing that you do is to separate them and put them in different rooms so they can hear what's going on if you want to, but they cannot see what's going on. So you can pretend that things are happening that are not really happening. Right. Um, as I said, I played it with my friends. We lasted an hour. And one of my friends at the time said, had we continued with this, I would have punched you. <laughs> so I would say that is, a, that, that is a piece of art because it has a specific intention it has a meaning and it wants to do something with you. You know, it wants to very brutally teach you about empathy. Yeah. Regardless of what side of the equation you are. Uh, and again, it's one of those games that is the best game that we'll never want to play again, uh, except that I would want to play the game uh, with people I hate. Um, <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> but I could. But I won't. Um, so... So yeah, I would say that is an art, is a work of art. Uh, D and D, no, sorry, D and Ders. 
See, for me, I look at it and I think that because, once again, going back to the Jerry Holkins thing, because there's visual art, there's people have, if it was just a, like, obviously, I don't look at a, at a service manual for a car and go, well, this is art, even though it has a writer, it has illustrations. It's not artwork because it's not trying to be artwork. It's a functional piece. And in many ways, D&D falls into that category. D&D is a set of rules and tools for you to play games. It doesn't have artistic merit because it has illustrations and words, but it's not necessarily creative. But that being said, I look at D&D and go, well, there is the implied uh, elements of a setting. I mean, they do have races. They do show you magic items. And there is this default magic setting, how vanilla it may seem. There is a setting of, of Dungeons and Dragons, something we, people talk about. And people can easily say and say, well, is D&D is not art. Is Ed Greenwood's Forgotten Realms art, right? You know, is my, sure, sure, my ultra-modern rules that I put up, published a few years ago are just a framework for you to make your own sci-fi. I don't say that's art, but is, a, is my amethyst setting or is my affinity setting art because they give you definitions, they create you a world with characters and the places. Now, in the case of uh, both amethyst and affinity, affinity was actually designed to have elements that had no gameplay effect whatsoever. Uh, Amethyst for, um, on alternate does make uh, certain political statements. It makes statements regarding human exceptionalism, racism, sexuality, slaverism. It makes those points. So that's why of all of my titles, that one's the one that stirs the right so much. That's why I get so many, I get, I get occasional people attacking my books for their progressive woke stature. Um, but affinity is a bit different. Affinity has elements that have no gameplay effect whatsoever. The idea of, of having three settings and having those three settings interact with one another uh, and, and in no mechanical way. It's, it's simply meant to be a pleasant experience to read these three books and see how they connect with each other just on these coincidences. And I like to consider Amethyst and Affinity artistic. I think Ed Greenwood is probably is considered an artist for creating Forgotten Realms. But Dungeons and Dragons is a framework of rules themselves on our artwork. But any settings that they release should be. Do you agree or disagree? That I would agree with. Um, I would say the, the other thing, which is a complicated topic, would be, and let's see how I put this, um, I reckon the concept of the Forgotten Realms and the content around that concept are the art form. Is the writing the art form as well? What happens if you create something, and I'm going to be very controversial here, so sorry, human beings. Um, hate me if you must. No, uh, no, no. Sorry? No, no, no. I'm looking forward to the statement. Go ahead. Well, um, <laughs> Lovecraft created undoubtedly art forms in concepts his work uh, because he was a really mediocre writer he wasn't he wasn't a good writer by, yeah, by, a lot of people don't don't know that he actually isn't very good no no i don't think he was i think he was a really mediocre artist um, from that point of view but the concepts that he created are undoubtedly an, an art form a work of art mm -hmm. so that's why I think that Forgotten Realms, uh, Dark Sun, Spelljammer, <clears throat> Planescape, for goodness sake, Planescape is definitely a work of art. Definitely. But what happens when you have an absolutely, undoubtedly artistic art concept, 
that the execution is rubbish. And I'm not saying that Forgotten Realms is rubbish or Dark Sun or anything like that at all. Um, okay, let's let's not hate me for saying that Lovecraft was a mediocre writer. I'm happy with that. Don't hate me for saying that Forgotten Realms was rubbish because I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that Ed Greenwood's writing was rubbish because I am not saying that either. Okay, got it? Good. So, but uh, what happens if you have an absolutely wonderful concept and then the execution is rubbish? Um, the funny thing is, I, I think if somebody strives for art and fails, it's art. It may still be considered art. I think when something's not art is when you are trying to like if somebody pays if somebody pays like a corporation pays you for a logo for Pepsi. I'm not really considering that art. Like like it's like a, a Campbell's soup can isn't considered art, but if you paint it and put it on a canvas like somebody did. Uh, that's considered one of the most famous art pieces uh, in in Western history, right? And it's interesting how that looks. The fact that it's 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 interpretation, it's the presentation. It's it's it seems like it's it's what Harlan Ellison said. Like you're not a writer until a writer tells you are. And for me, I look at it. It's, oh, trust me, it's an old it's an old thing. Um, like it's it's one of those situations where he, t he said that, and I was like, oh, and then and then a really well known. Uh, guy I, rec I respect called me a writer and I cried uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's 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 that interesting little kind of point and I know we're reaching the limit of our conversation here uh, because I haven't even touched on the integrity of art because we're talking about what defines mm. art and obviously we're in agreement that you know if it if it spurs an emotion if there is if, if there's if there's a creativity behind somebody that's presenting something that's beyond the functionals of what it is. If you if you're just creating a mechanic, that's not art. But if you create a setting applies that mechanic, that is that can be considered artistic. But that's the thing. If the mechanic is so intertwined and linked with the setting, then why wouldn't it be? You know, if the mechanics of this world of mine are so intertwined and linked and so well designed to fit the and elicit that then why wouldn't it be the mechanics of the, the the mechanical process of the ties that bind has been designed to actually elicit this so why wouldn't that mechanical process in itself be a work of art well that's that's actually a really interesting point and obviously i appreciate that because like i said it's one of those situations where no one really considered Dungeons and Dragons art, but I think now we're creating a situation, especially with Kickstarter, we have all these independent creators creating new and interesting worlds that employ the fifth edition rules. And if the rules themselves aren't considered artwork, but our creations using that, it's almost like D&D is the canvas and our creations are the paint. Um, but that also brings up the difference between, this is something that my artist friend comes up to me a lot, the difference between commercial art and regular art the commercial art is 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 the something that is you're paid for art like the, once again going back to the campbell soup can and the pepsi logo that's commercial art is it considered artistic and if it's considered artistic then basically it's up for grabs anything could be called artistic right well and, I, and again i think that depends on the intentionality there are um there are um jars and vases and containers that have been done in a limited way that are pieces of art. 
But I think going going back to the DMD, I think I think I think I have a parallelism that may illustrate my feelings about DD and what you just said. I think DD is the plan and what people make with it is the building. You know, when you when an architect creates a building or designs a building, the plans of the building, you know, the layout, the, the blueprints. They are not works of art. But the final product, however, the building itself, that is a work of art. So, So, yeah, so once again, doing a situation where uh, the creation itself can be considered artistic, obviously, but but are the people who build it artists or is it or is the architect the artist? Because most people would say the architect is the artist because he designed the building. I don't think the people pouring concrete can be considered artistic. Um, no, no, because they're just developing a function. They're not being the creators themselves. The creator, the vision, belongs to the architect. Don't get me wrong, the architect without their team is probably nothing. You know, it, yeah. it's just nothing at all because how is how are they going to get their vision realize without the people so but that is a different thing you know that would be how is the painter going to be a painter without somebody to create painting surfaces yeah whether they're wood or the paint or whatever correct so um yeah i don't i don't know that that that's that's a tricky one but i reckon that yeah the analogy that dnd is the canvas on what people can use to create artwork creating other settings yes i am up for that you know watching reading neverland recently um the it's a 5e game uh based on peter pan you know it's incredible that that book is absolutely unbelievable it's beautiful it's as far as i'm concerned that's a piece of art yeah, because it's and just yeah, and amazing. I totally agree. There are definitely, in my opinion, um, role playing. Like I said, Affinity was my attempt to try to try to create a role playing game that could be considered artistic. The way all the artwork and the way even the book is presented is trying to present that. And one game that always inspired me, which is in itself, it's a pretty good game, and it's got a cult following. Is a game called Hole. Hole, I don't know that. Yeah, so it's a game that published out late eighties, early nineties, I think, and it's Hole. It's H-O-L, and there's a, a line across the O indicating it's whole, even though it doesn't have an E on the end of pronunciation. And it stands for Human Occupied Landfill. So the story is a post-apocalyptic dystopian story that's on a, a planet that is, that is basically a dumping ground of everyone's trash. Uh, this idea got copied many years later in the film Soldier with Kurt Russell. Whole predates that, the idea of a garbage planet. And so... And because it's called, it's, and the planet is called Hull because people have been have landed there. Criminals have been banished to this garbage planet, and so the story involves characters trying to survive on this horrific location. Now, what was interesting about it, beyond the fact that it's actually also satirical, it takes it takes the piss out of other games that were out at the same time. So not only is it itself a dark setting, but it also takes a satirical look to to the genre and to role-playing games. But on top of that, if you look at the book itself and you open up the book, it's got the most unique visual aesthetic 
for a book, and I'll say what in a very simple sentence, it is handwritten, or it looks like it's handwritten, which means it has been impeccably hand drawn the entire book. Um, back in the '80s, we didn't have true type fonts, so literally somebody went out and and perfectly printed this entire book. The entire book appears handwritten. That's incredible. And that is like I've always remembered that thing. That is an artistic piece. It's both satirizing, which makes it art. It's visually artistic, and once again, the approach to make the book look that way. It has no, there's no mechanical reason why they would make the the book look handwritten. It's a purely artistic point. So I look at Hole going, that game is art. It's it, which means you can read it. You don't even have to play it. A lot of my games, like I said, I I've people who who are looking forward to Affinity, who have, have Amethyst, they say, we haven't played it. I enjoy reading the book. And if you can enjoy reading a book for what it says rather than what it does from a mechanical standpoint, I think that's considered art. I know a lot of people who, co who collect board games that don't play them. Hello. And, uh, and people who buy uh, role-playing games and, and, and don't play them, but they do read them because they like collecting. And if it's something that's collecting uh, collectible, is it collect if it's collectible why isn't it not default considered artistic because it has some value outside of what it does a five dollar bill isn't considered art because it's a five dollar bill but if someone's collecting novelty brass pencil sharpeners are those considered artistic for example it's 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 a conversation like i said it, that it's never that's always going to be up for debate and, and, and i also want to get into and i know we don't have time i want to get into the actual art process itself mm -hmm. in regards to does an artist have to make his art appealing because we were talking about that uh, but that's a huge conversation probably for another time i agree because unfortunately i i have to go i really have to yep. go so um uh, listeners what, what what do you think i mean I, I think we've reached the conclusion here both of us that yes they can be and that no, they aren't necessarily automatically works of art. Um, but we have also reached the conclusion that, sorry, D&D &D is not art. Sorry. Um, uh, hate me. Uh, I love D&D, &D, but hate me. So uh, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this matter, whether you come to Twitter. I am at GMS Magazine and you, Chris, are? Uh, I am at DSX Machina on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, and everywhere else. Yeah, me too. And come find us in Facebook. That would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, but until the next time, uh, thank you very much indeed for being there. It is truly and genuinely appreciated. And we'll talk to you very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.